This is the murderer you know. Welcome back. <laughs> it is a part two. It is episode 69. I was about to say, you don't even remember. <laughs> I remember. Sometimes you just have to think about it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the numbers are getting bigger all the time. <laughs> they are. It's amazing. It is. It's a beautiful, beauty, beautiful. Let me take a dadism. It's a beautiful thing. That was a little <laughs> too New York. Beautiful. 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 <laughs> well, how was your week? Oh, it was Anything good. Anything spooky happened yet? In no. A whole another week of potential spooks. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting to be abducted by aliens and be able to come back Please. and say, it's true. You don't um, think they would wipe your memory before putting you back? You know, maybe that's why people don't know. Mm. Because they disappear for a while, the memory's wiped, and they're like, wasn't I at the mall? <laughs> <laughs> But I am very happy to report the weather is turning cooler. Pumpkin spice is in the air. And uh, I got my pumpkins for my steps and a couple of colorful mums. So I feel like I'm all you. ready. All ready. Very for fun. The fall. Festive. Yep. Isn't it almost I, over? It is. When's Almost. the last day of fall? Oh, doesn't it go all the way to Thanksgiving? Probably. Yeah, we got a month. So we got like, <laughs> oh, we got a month. Fall goes to December. Well, no, I don't go along with that. <laughs> oh, you just make up your own season count. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Well, that makes sense. That tracks. Right. <laughs> I am the mother. I am in charge of the universe. Oh my <laughs> God. Seasons. You try and do a nice thing and tell someone that they're popular. And it just some people really was a bad idea in hindsight. <laughs> some people it just goes to their heads. So anyway, oh so this is episode episode 69 and yeah. we are still talking about lovey and asshole yeah i was gonna say speaking of being able to remember things can you remember <laughs> what we talked about last week i do because i've been on pins and needles i know we talked about a lot if you guys didn't catch it definitely go back and listen to episode 68 because today we're gonna see the aftermath the other half was it the dog's blood? Was he throwing his wife's belongings in the dumpster for some innocent and kind reason? <laughs> Did he make it to Africa? Well, I think we already know the answer to that <laughs> one. But we're going to connect some of these pieces, I think. Good. Because last we saw him, for some reason, he was lounging up in a jail in Loudoun County, far from the scene of the crime. If there is a crime. <laughs> if indeed. <laughs> And I'm going to say, I don't know, he just magically port keyed from Loudoun County back to Hampton Roads. I don't actually have anything on that. This was such a dense case. I had to kind of put blinders on to some of that other stuff. So now he's back. He's okay. back. And we're going to jump 
mostly ahead and we will hear some evidence from phone calls from his time in jail, but we're mostly just going to jump completely to the trial, which started on September 18th. So just Uh over a month ago. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's real fresh. Very fresh. And by now we know, of course, well, I was hoping for a different outcome, but that the Commonwealth was going to be pushing for a conviction on a no body case, Mm. which is tough. Yeah. And during this trial... For seven days, the state presented evidence against this man. Seven Mm. days. Seven days. Well, they had a lot of witnesses, I think. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they brought in the poor woman from Jordan. Mm. (laughs) Who said, that man be a creep. (laughs) Well, let's dive into some of the evidence and some of the people they brought to the stand. And some of it is going to sound familiar from the story so far. I tried to break it down by important things that happened on each day. Well, of course, on the very first day was jury selection, so I kind of skipped that part. But day one of hearing testimony from witnesses and seeing evidence, they brought a lot of the people who were closest to the missing woman, including her pastor, who, remember, had known her since she was a little girl because her family attended that church. Yeah. Among this man's testimony was the fact that husband of the year told him <laughs> that he hoped his wife rotted in hell. Well, that sounds like somebody who was loved his wife and was sad that she had run off. Yeah. He also described a series of spontaneous counseling sessions with the couple in July 2022 as their relationship disintegrated. Mm. Now, of course, Bestie and husband B also testified on the first day. And husband B in part was there to give the perspective as a friend of asshole. But he did, of (laughs) course, explain that he was first friends with Lovey. And he said that he originally met her when they were both singing in the choir at church. When they were kids, I guess. Yeah, I think. Or teenagers, perhaps. Oh, true. And he talked about... A lot of things that happened over the last couple of years. He talked about a time when the four of them went to Vegas on a trip and asshole got off the plane fuming because his wife was wearing leggings in public. Leggings in public? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Scandalous. Uh, Calling unnecessary attention to her (laughs) body. She didn't need his permission to wear (laughs) leggings. He also explained to the jury that his friend hid his, quote, true self from his wife's family and that he believed they wouldn't accept him if they knew the real him. And what was the real him? (laughs) I mean, we know he's a cheater and a control freak, but what else? The real him, among other things seemed paranoid and controlling. Remember, he put an AirTag tracker on his wife's car. He wanted to clone her phone so he could see her calls and texts. Mm. But he was also a convicted felon. Oh. 
On April 13th, 2000, Asshole committed a crime for which he was charged with malicious wounding and use of a firearm in the commission of a felony. Wow. He was found guilty for these on September 27th of that same year, and he received 13 years in prison. But by November 14th, 2000, he was at a hearing where 10 years of his sentence was suspended for good behavior. The suspension was granted under the following conditions. One, that he continued to be of good behavior while on probation for the remainder of the 13 years. Two, that he was on supervised probation after his release until a point in time in the future determined by the probation officer. And three, and probably the most interesting for me, was that he provide support for his children after his release. He had other kids? Apparently. I wonder if if Lovey knew that. I wonder too. So this guy had a prior relationship, had children from that relationship. I wonder how he was supporting them without her knowing that he was sending money off. And he had to have sent the money off or they would have come and collected him. And yeah, how did she know so little about this guy? She must have known. She must have. She knew he was a convicted felon? I don't know if she knew that, but she must have known that he, he had, had children. Yeah, he I was... don't I don't know anything. I found this in his records. The mm. you know, you can go on the Virginia Courts website, you can look at put anyone's name in, look at their criminal history. That's where I found this. I was like 50 articles about this man deep by the time I found <laughs> this. And after finding it, I then Googled this date, this crime, his name. I could only find the hearing from November 14th, 2000, and one article from with, I don't think Andy Fox wrote the article, but Andy Fox was mentioned in the article. So I really liked that (laughs) one article where it said he had this previous charge and that they were looking into it. I couldn't find what it was for. Nothing, nothing. If memory serves, and it usually doesn't, he was also a lot older than her, right? He was about 15 years older than her. Okay, so all this happened. I guess he was in his 20s or something. Hell, she would have been five at the time. And so maybe he did sort of manage to reinvent himself and hide his past. Yeah, he was 27. Okay, 27, which means she would have been about 12 They obviously hadn't met at that point. And did he serve any time? Yeah, his active incarceration began on December 1st, 2000, but he did get time served. While the trial was ongoing, he was in jail. He got time served for that. I don't know how much time that was. I don't think it was much time, but basically that means he was freed from his shackles in late 2003 and he met Lovey in 2005. Unbelievable. He was 30-something at that point. He was 32 and she was 18. There's something so icky about that. Mm -hmm. Additionally, of course, on top of as if that wasn't enough, husband B brought up that conversation in December 2021 where asshole said he would kill his wife if she ever cheated on him. And of Mm. course, his wife testified regarding the same statement 
He also explained that in the weeks leading up to Lovey's disappearance, his friend's actions were those of a controlling man whose marriage was disintegrating and who was spiraling through grief and anger as a result. The sad thing is that all of his nutty controlling behavior is what made his marriage disintegrate. He created everything that drove her away, including making up this these ridiculous stories about her cheating on him. Even though, oops, you're the cheater. Sorry. He's wiling out. Of course, he also mentioned things we've heard about, like the July phone call about the divorce and the July dinner after the suicide threat. Mm-hmm. So those were the big things from day one. Now on okay. the second day of the trial, the Commonwealth called assholes girlfriend to the stand. Oh Lord. Mm-hmm. They're really <laughs> hitting it. Yeah. They're going all in <laughs> for this man. Now, of course, she talked in detail about their on again, off again affair during his marriage for years. She also told the court about the night in July when her boyfriend showed up to her house with a gun. Another thing, and we I don't think we talked about this last week, but she also told the jury about an interaction with her boyfriend on the day that his wife went missing, that Sunday, the 17th of July, where he had his girlfriend call the supposed foot doctor and pretend to be lovey <laughs> like he wouldn't recognize his amore's voice you know right well just have a bad cold <laughs> <laughs> so that was a bizarre a bizarre one the did, jury did oh. the girlfriend actually get in touch with the foot doctor yeah but he hung she... up like you said i mean he realized it wasn't uh. he had did i say already this foot doctor is a real person well, apparently so. so at least in his, the girlfriend in his, called it. In his paranoia, he hadn't created a fake person, but he had created a fake relationship between his wife and this person. And this man had been friends with his wife for years. He had, in fact, dated her sister for a time. So he knew her. He he saw her for whatever foot thing she needed to be seen for. <laughs> he knew the family. He dated her. Like, he would have known whether it was her on the other end of the line. Yeah. So, again, it's just, like, <laughs> half-hatched. And if the girlfriend called up pretending to be lovey and said, Oh, darling, I love you. When are we going to run off together? And the foot doctor's like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> We're not. where'd you get this nutty idea from (laughs) the jury also heard from lovey's younger sister she identified jewelry that belonged to her sister that her brother-in-law allegedly sold at the pawn shop Mm. of course she also spoke about spotting this crazy person so sweaty in his white t-shirt he looked like he was trying to be in a wet t-shirt contest at that dumpster and what the police found in the dumpster on this day the couple's 15 year old son also testified oh how sad i know about his interaction with his father on sunday he also told the court about the last time he saw his mom Mm -hmm. 
there was absolutely no eye contact, no acknowledgement between him and his dad mm. as he came into or left the courtroom. In a much anticipated event, the foot yes. doctor <laughs> also testified. Poor foot doctor. And he said that he and Lovey were very close and often texted each other up to 10 times each day. He described well, them as I being... gotta say, I gotta say, a little suspicious there. <laughs> a little suspicious. He described them as being emotionally intimate, but he insisted that their relationship was never sexual. So maybe an emotional affair. I don't know if that's enough, if that's what asshole was describing murdering her over the well, year before, I think... but I think back in the day when you had to have a reason for divorce and there was another person involved, I think there was a term called alienation of affection, where possibly your spouse wasn't having a physical relationship with somebody, but there was, yes, an emotional involvement that alienated her from you because her affections were all focused on this other person. So, yeah, maybe asshole didn't describe it quite right. And it does sound to me like there was something, not physical, but that she was closer to this guy than to her. Hard to be close to some crazy lunatic who's stalking you. Well, that's what I said. The sad thing is everything that happened, he created. It's so true. Who was the next witness after the foot doctor? Well... On day three, so those were most of the highlights for day two. On day three, the court heard from that poor angel of a woman who he talked to at the airport. Oh, they did find her. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. And she basically just detailed everything he said. The key thing that really stuck with her and that really stuck with the jury as well was the fact that he throughout the entire course of this long conversation only referred to his wife in the past tense very telling very telling Mm -hmm. i think that's one of those things that murderers often slip up on inadvertently because they know the person's dead so they would say well she would never have done that betrayed by the brain right after she finished her testimony she climbed down from the witness stand and whispered to lovey's mom i hope you find peace that was overheard by a journalist who was seated right behind lovey's mom so of course he made a note of it he was (laughs) like this is my big break (laughs) prosecutors also talked about the dumpster and called an officer to the stand to identify the evidence found in the dumpster. And they showed and discussed the surveillance footage, which established the husband's timeline. Yeah, because they had several different videos, like mm-hmm. the 7-Eleven or something, and then another store where they saw mm-hmm. her legs. Little Caesars. Oh, right. Little Caesars. Mm -hmm. How could I have forgotten? The pawn shop. Basically, between surveillance cameras and his cell phone, they were able to piece his entire day together. Right. Which did not bode well for him. But where was the window of opportunity 
when he got rid of the body. Did that come up? I'm sure it did. From what I know, and, you know, certainly, as we always say, this is outside looking in. I don't have all the pieces and parts. But from what I know, she was seen in the car at 940 at Little Caesars. And then he was seen at the pawn shop alone at 112. Mm. So that's like three and a half hours. So that's three missing three hours. And there may be other things in there that I didn't find or that weren't made available to the public. I think it was around noon. No, no. Yeah, that's the gap. It might be smaller. I know you were saying you thought it was about an hour, but like I said, yeah, but I mean, what I could find. I just sort of pulled that out of my head. I thought it was a very brief period of time, but... The thing that was really brief is that she was seen alive with him on surveillance footage at her home at 9.33. And at 9.40 in that little Caesars footage, she is thought to no longer be alive. Mm. So that means in seven minutes, he killed her. So Six somehow, minutes. Yeah, somehow. No, I don't seven. Know, pulled out the gun, told her to get in the car shot her and drove off i guess that's possible in six minutes but if he shot her at the house no once she got in the car yeah i wonder where he shot her in the truck that no one heard no one saw no one's ever come forward and said i heard a gunshot at 9 36 in seven minutes, where could he have gone that was secluded enough that no one would have heard that gunshot? Well, I don't know. Was the Sunday? Would people have been inside? Did he have a pillow that he used as a silencer, so to speak? Did he have like a really loud engine on his truck that he revved it up while he maybe, was shooting it? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Very interesting. Back to... The courtroom. The car detailer also testified about the car cleaning and the information about the dog supposedly being the explanation for all of this blood. And he talked about how some of it was a jelly-like substance. Yeah. He never suspected it was anything more than the guy's dog. Maybe he did suspect, but he didn't feel it was his place Well, that's true. So I guess the police were able to get, like, I don't know, a DNA sample from the blood. They were. It's a coming. It's a coming. It's a coming. On day four, day four, I don't want to say it was short, but it didn't seem as action-packed as the other days so far. The main thing was just that the jury heard from the law enforcement officials who apprehended Lovey's husband at the airport in dc yeah and i'm sure that was a long day because remember they interviewed him for like eight hours (laughs) so i'm sure they had a lot of transcripts to look over and discuss and a lot of questions to answer and cross-examination now on day five the jurors sought jurors that's a hard word that's like (laughs) horror the jury saw pictures of the inside of Asshole's truck and heard from an investigator from the Department of Forensic Science. 
Uh-huh. He explained that while she was examining the truck, she found a black leather gun holster under the driver's seat. Now, remember, mm. by the time she's examining the truck is supposedly after it's been cleaned. Right. So I don't know if maybe this guy started cleaning and then realized I don't want to stick my foot in this and stopped. But whatever the case may be, didn't seem like he did a very good job. He was also kind of busy because I think he was the one he was the one that took asshole to the airport to catch his flight to Dulles. And his truck, when it was found, was still just at this guy's. He lived and worked out of a hotel. And the truck was <laughs> there still, just in the parking lot when it was found. Do hotels even have, like, hoses you can use to clean I a don't vehicle? know. He's, How like, weird. going back and forth with a pitcher of water from the bathroom sink. That's just bizarre. Maybe he had one of those traveling, have you ever seen those traveling detailing vans? They have big tanks in the back for water. I used to get my car detailed by one at work. No. It was good. I liked it. Maybe it was this guy. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) This guy had a very odd uh, detailing setup. (laughs) We don't know what his detailing setup was. But (laughs) it doesn't seem like he did a great job cleaning is my only thought well maybe his thought was the guy's flying out to jamaica i got time to clean this <laughs> true i wonder if he even said you know clean it up and sell it you know i may I wonder yeah. what the arrangement no was or keep it or something so he probably didn't feel in any big rush mm-hmm. to clean it yeah i was leaving now this forensic investigator also noticed a reddish brown stain that was sort of on the seat area on the body of the seat Mm -hmm. and she used this substance that turns pink where blood has been present and in the courtroom she showed a picture of the pink substance dripping down the seat track and onto the carpeting so it did turn pink so this isn't luminol this is something no it's something else oh okay She also, of course, used luminol and it did turn blue on the passenger door panel and also on the side of the center console. She Mm -hmm. did say under cross-examination that this can sometimes turn blue when in contact with other things that are not blood, such as bleach. But she didn't necessarily think that that was the case. I always think of those TV shows, you know, when they'd be squirt, 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 squirt. <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, yeah. And then they'd turn off the lights and you'd see a blood splatter everywhere, <laughs> coating the walls, coating the floor, you know, coating the ceiling. And no. you gasp, oh, my God. <laughs> I bet it's not even all that dramatic. Probably not. <laughs> Now, on this same day, the jury also saw body cam footage from a detective who searched a dumpster nearby the location where Asshole had his truck cleaned, or at least the cleaning process had started and was in some (laughs) stage of its evolution. Okay. The footage showed this officer pulling a green rag and a yellow rag from the dumpster, and he can then be heard saying, that's blood. Next to the stand was an evidence technician who pointed to a spent cartridge casing she found while photographing the truck outside near the windshield down the wiper well, which to me said he had his windows open and somehow that thing ricocheted 
into there? Or do you think he dropped it down there to hide it? That doesn't make sense. <sighs> and if his windows were open, that had to have been loud. Maybe somebody was having a party in the neighborhood. It's Maybe. It's, it's certainly strange. Unless she wasn't dead at Little Caesars already. I mean, now that could, but why was he cleaning her door? And why didn't she move at all? True. And wasn't she like, I need to go back to church? What are we doing at Little Caesars? I guess well, they still had time before she needed to be back to church. Or maybe just clubbed her in the head, knocked her unconscious, and then mm. thought, "I yeah, I got to make this permanent. That is certainly the biggest mystery of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. When he actually killed her and what he did with her body. It's so bizarre. For sure. Finally, a detective testified about key evidence that was found on five different cell phones and one iPad related to the case. The phones mm. belonged to asshole himself, of course the missing woman's younger sister, asshole's girlfriend, and the murderous car detailer, which I was surprised by that one. Rolling into day six, they really started going through the findings on those phones. First, asshole's phone. Now, of course, they used his phone to track what he was up to after his wife went missing. But the most chilling evidence came from his internet search history. Some of the searches were, do you die instantly from a shot to the head and do you feel any pain at all? Interesting. The, I'm so happy to know that he that didn't, he didn't want, want her, to, her to suffer. Right, right. That he was, Wild. you know, concerned. Wild. Very bizarre. Wild. Wild. Another was, will a bullet to the brain kill you? Which is like, bro, that seems like a question no one needed to ask. There have been people shot in the head who survived, but I don't think that's like they're shot between the eyes. But we don't know where she was shot. Maybe he changed it and shot her in the heart. Another thing he searched, what is the penalty for murder? in Virginia. And then some searches from the airport. Can police track your phone? Spoiler alert, they can. And that's how they <laughs> knew he was now at the airport. Huh. And does Jamaica have extradition? Hey, we talked hey. about that earlier. I know. I don't know if you heard me, but I was like, do, 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 do. So, yes, no. I don't know. I didn't look it up. He did. He knows. We should write him <laughs> and ask him. We could just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like they do. But that's part of why I think, I, I guess he truly was going there because he had a place to stay there. Mm. Maybe he didn't think they would find out that he'd gone to Jamaica and he would just like melt into the background and start a new life. Yeah, except he told his kids he was going to Jamaica. Except he was looking up, will a bullet to the brain kill you? So I don't think he was a genius. <laughs> I guess people don't realize that whatever you do on computers, the police can figure out what you were looking at. Mm -hmm. 
I love that he Googled that. <laughs> and they're like, homeboy, <laughs> we're literally watching you Google this at the airport. <laughs> now, the cell phone records, speaking of tracking, also showed that on Sunday, after Asshole picked his wife up from the early service, their phones first traveled together home to Little Caesars, and then for several hours around to different areas in Newport News. Mm. But then at 6.20 p.m., while the two phones were crossing a local bridge tunnel together, Lovey's connection to T-Mobile suddenly stopped, even while Um. her husband's phone remained in operation. So he did finally throw her phone over the bridge into the water. I mean, that's what I think. But I guess maybe they got in another fight and she jumped out of the car. But he had already said she jumped out at around noon or earlier. He I was, don't remember he was exactly. confused. He had his times mixed up. Yeah, I wonder, He had a traumatic day. I wonder. No one why, felt bad for him. I wonder why he kept her phone so long. Was he planning to send other fake messages to her family oh i'm just having the time of my life walking down jefferson (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i cannot it's only a hundred degrees out here with 99 percent humidity (laughs) and i'm wearing a polyester (laughs) pantsuit and high heels and my nice church makeup is running onto my white (laughs) pantsuit stained with blush and lipstick I wonder if he's been married to this woman for 17 years. He certainly must have known how much she used her phone. And I wonder if he knew that this sudden, complete drop-off in communication was going to be a dead giveaway. And maybe he was trying to figure out how to address that. And then eventually was just like, I don't fuck it. I don't know. Well, he did send a couple of phony texts to the sister, right? Mm -hmm. I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. But he apparently gave up on that idea rather quickly. Yeah. Probably that tormented him. And finally, he just said, oh, to hell with it and threw it out the window into the water. They also talked about that on this day. They talked about the fact that she sent over 100 text messages and phone calls each day. And after she disappeared, not one communication ever came from that phone. Even though it was alive and well, sitting next to him. It must have been, according to their investigation. It's the old, you tell a story and then you think better of it, like the the case we were comparing this to. And so you think of a new story. So originally, he told the sister that she'd thrown the phone at him and left. But then he sent a couple of texts to the sister So now she supposedly has the phone back. But then he didn't realize that the police could track the phone and say, the phone was with you all day. When did she manage to wrest it away from you and send those two texts? And then she threw it back in your face? It's, I don't know. It's amazing that people just don't think, I I mean, I would call this a crime of passion. Like he finally snapped. Because everything he did was just stupid. Panic, panic, panic. Yeah, because then he was saying some dumb shit like when the sister saw him at the dumpster. He was like, oh yeah, I've been trying to get in touch with your sister. How? 
And if you were trying to get in touch with her, then how come your phone records indicate that you literally did not try to get in touch with her ever until placing one call to her at 7.17 p.m. after she had been missing for almost 12 hours? It's just, it's like he tried so hard, but he just wasn't capable of buttoning up all the buttons. <laughs> there's, there's a recent case that's that's in the courts right now where this guy supposedly accidentally shot his girlfriend. I don't know. He was just waving his gun around to shoot somebody else and it went Ugh. off and killed her. She was in the car with him. So then he just drives and shoves her body in a trash can. But this guy was smart enough to call her a couple of times and say, hey, where are you? Been trying to get in touch with you. <laughs> so he was covering his tracks. Wow. Uh, didn't work. Didn't work, buddy. Good. <laughs> These people. But at least he was smart enough to call. And he had seen one more episode of <laughs> Law and Order than Asshole here. Apparently. <laughs> Well, very importantly, on this day, the jury also heard from a second forensic scientist who said that in contrary to report of the blood on the passenger seat being from the couple's injured dog, it was, was. in fact from a human. Uh, and the even... doggo was <laughs> fine. So, Thank goodness. The blood was not canine it was human and the examination of the blood samples could not eliminate lovey as a match and the chances of the blood coming from someone else were less than one in more than seven billion say that again they couldn't say for sure it was her but the chances of it not being her was one in seven billion? Is that mm -hmm. what you're saying? You're doing math again. You're trying. You're trying. That to is how DNA <laughs> results are given. You you're trying to confuse us with math again. <laughs> it's like you know sleight of hand. It's Number, like a magic it's just trick. numbers. <laughs> now, finally, on the last day of this meticulously prepared case, seven days of hundreds of witnesses, all this DNA, cell phone records, surveillance footage, everything in the world, the jury finally heard from the defense, who stated that they would not be presenting any evidence or calling any witnesses. What? Instead, their tactic was to get the charges against their client, and those charges were, oh, did I say this? First-degree murder and use of a firearm in the commission of a felony thrown out since there was no body. Body. Yaddy, 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 yaddy. Yeah. Well, I mean. What a, that's a gamble. <laughs> Well, That's surely during the five or six days, all the witnesses testified. Did his lawyers even yes. object? Or... There was cross-examination. Okay, yeah, they okay. objected. Certainly they didn't sit there and say nothing, but they didn't present any real arguments of their own. Just that despite all this mountain of circumstantial evidence, there's no body, so dismiss the charges. Yes. Yeah, and it backfired because the judge immediately refused. And he said exactly that. We have an abundance of circumstantial evidence that someone killed this woman. The Commonwealth has presented it all over seven days. No, 
we're not throwing out these charges. Good. And the Commonwealth then went back and highlighted everything that they had presented (laughs) so far. And they also introduced some new information, some phone calls, which had been made by this man during his time in jail so far. In one, his wife's mother demanded that he tell her where her daughter was and whether or not she was still alive. But he just said, I can't tell you and repeated that four more times. There were also phone calls with his sons where they asked, where's mom? And he responded, don't worry, she's going to turn up. Three weeks after his wife disappeared, his sister-in-law told him over the phone that his children believed their mom killed herself since they had no other information. And apparently this made him start sobbing on the other end of the line. Hmm. During this same call at one point in time, he told his sister-in-law, I'm not going to have my life ruined. His life ruined. Okay. Mm-hmm. And after the close of this trial, on the 28th, in a courtroom where many of the missing woman's loved ones wore green in her memory, which was her favorite color, the jury deliberated for just about one hour and wow. returned. Yeah. And returned to the courtroom with their decision around 4.30 p.m. And in spite of the defense's presentation of some potential alternatives, like she did get out on Jefferson and some horrible accident happened and someone else hurt her, maybe she's fine somewhere, asshole was found guilty of first degree murder. Wow. Weirdly, Mm. and we weren't there. Maybe Maybe it's actually not that weird. Maybe it's because he could have killed her some other way based on the evidence or lack of evidence. I don't know, but they found him not guilty of using a firearm in the commission of a felony. I guess they really couldn't find him guilty of that because they don't know if Mm -hmm. he shot her. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I can understand that. The Commonwealth's attorney did seem to think it was a little... She said, I understand the jury's decision. They obviously felt like there was some reasonable doubt in that, but they came back with guilt on the first-degree murder charge, so the Commonwealth is very satisfied. Yeah, I should think they would be. It was the first no-body case ever prosecuted by the office. Mm. Thinking, once again, and comparing this to our case from a year ago, they're parallels, but there's also the biggest difference to me. I don't think that asshole really planned this in any great detail. I think it was, he snapped. It was a crime of passion. All the other stuff he did was certainly to cover up. But I think the case from a year ago that what made that so horrific is that it was for money, that he was willing to kill his wife. That's true. That he had known for years. He knew her family. And that just the thought of a big payday blinded him to all that. And in some ways, that was worse. In some ways. And once again, we talked about Bathtub Boy. And you say, what did this gain you? You didn't want your life ruined. You didn't want your wife to leave you. But you took a life. You destroyed the lives of your children. You destroyed the lives of her family. You destroyed your life because you're now in jail for a very long time, if not forever. How was that the best decision instead of just saying, 
okay, lovey, things are not going well. I guess we should divorce. Which she had already suggested. So you actually didn't even have to do that amount of work. You just had to say, all right, I'll (laughs) sign the papers or fuck you. I'll see you in court. Whatever. You didn't have to be cordial about it, but I agree. This option makes no sense. It makes no sense. And you just wonder what happens to people that they feel they're so backed into a corner and the only option, I guess it's a complete lack of empathy for anybody else. Like he felt so sorry for himself, Mm -hmm. like all this had been done to him. And so I I think that's part of it, a completely narcissistic personality. Mm -hmm. Me, 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 what makes me happy? And like I said, that lack of of empathy and just wanting his own way and not really, you know, we talk about kids who can't really conceptualize the outcome that's going to take place, that they think killing somebody is the end of all their problems. It's just the beginning of all their problems. But this man was, he was a grown ass man. Yeah. And he still thought that this was the best way to handle this. I would say he definitely was a little unhinged, had some anger issues. Oh, yeah. At least going back to 2000. Yeah. If not long before. I mean, he can blame it on the streets or whatever, but (laughs) I'm sure there are very, 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 very many, probably thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that would describe their childhood as streets who would not partake in the kind of activities that this man found himself participating in. And I guess what bothers me the most about this guy and bathtub man is the children that were involved. Did you ever give one thought to your kids when you were killing their mother? If he truly is a narcissist and I would just love, I would just love to get inside the brain of each and every single one of these people that we ever talk about. But he certainly, his children did not cross his mind. No. They're not capable. If you truly have narcissistic personality disorder, you're not really capable of thinking of anyone else other than yourself. Yeah, I mean, he just announced to his kids, your mother's left. I'm going to Jamaica. Have a nice life. (laughs) It's just bizarre. Insane, really. Yeah. What was his sentence after he was found guilty? He hasn't been sentenced, actually. Remember, this just happened last month. Oh. So he's actually set to be sentenced on January 19th, 2024. Okay. Another one we have to pin to Mm -hmm. the wall. I just fucking hope that they find her by then (sighs) how long has she been missing now a year a year and and three months maybe they could say to him look if you tell us where she is we'll he still is saying he's innocent through well, all of this, well, his I'm legal sure team wouldn't wouldn't let him testify, according to his sister. But he literally, he has not confessed. He says he is innocent. He is sticking to his, some wobbly version of his original story <laughs> where they wobbly. got in a fight and she wandered off down the street with or without her phone. I'm sure they tried. I'm sure they tried like, hey, you know, we'll take, 
life off the table if you tell us I, where she see, is. I hate to say it, but this is what I know what you're gonna say. Rid of the death penalty. <laughs> tell us where she is, or you and old Sparky have a date. Maybe when he sits in jail between now and January and he knows he's going to be convicted. And I think, isn't first degree murder life without parole? I don't think it always is. Just from what I remember of conversations with lawyerina. Well, let me see my sprinkles. Because I think these two things are very interesting and they didn't end up fitting in where I originally had them. Okay. I do want to mention that some of the alternate jurors were interviewed after the trial, and they said that the blood evidence, as well as the airport conversation where he talked about his wife in the past tense, were really the two things that sealed his fate. Yeah, you can't really explain a huge blood pool in your car. That's your wife's DNA. That's a little tough. And after the verdict was read, his sister said that she still hoped there would be some sort of closure for the whole family. Mm. She said, quote, he's my brother, but she was not just my sister-in-law. She was a sister to me. When two people Um. join in marriage, they create one large family, and I want to still proceed as one large family. Yeah, it just I mean, shows. those are her nephews, you know? I, yeah. I, it just shows that ripple effect mm-hmm. of how many lives are destroyed. It does. But that's the end for now. Till January. Anything to add in the meantime? In the next. It's almost, the... God, it feels like it's almost <laughs> January. This year has gone by so fast. It has. I often think back to the covid years in one way i feel like they they lasted 10 years and in another way they didn't exist at all it's just like those two years were i don't know how to explain it i feel like they have messed up the rest of my life and i want a refund (laughs) that's how i feel yeah like you were in a coma or a cocoon for two years anyway i have nothing to add okay well next week It's getting suspiciously, spookaliciously close to Halloween. Only a few days from now on Tuesday. And so on (laughs) Thursday, we're going to do a fun. We had to jump a little bit ahead of schedule to do our parallel history lesson. But don't be alarmed because it's going to be really fun. And we're going to talk about witches. Witches in Virginia. Witches in Virginia. Mm-hmm. You know, we've discussed. Was what... there a Virginia <laughs> witch trials? Ooh. Was there a bell casting coven? Mm. Who is the witch of Pungo? The witch of Pungo. We are gonna talk about it. Wow. You know, we've talked about aliens and whether we believe in aliens. Now we're going to have to talk about witches and whether we believe in witches. Well, hit them with a spoiler, superstar. Do you believe in witches? I believe that there are people who dabble in herbs and black magic or maybe even white magic and people who 
who mm-hmm. nowadays think they're witches, I don't believe they're possessed by the devil. Ah, so that's the part you don't believe in. Right. Do you believe that their spells can actually produce magical results? I'm going to have to wait to listen to the story before <laughs> I weigh in on that one. I think in I wish the past, people could see your facial expressions. <laughs> I think hundreds of years ago, if you were a weird old woman who lived by herself and in a shoe. A, yes. No, she had children. <laughs> um, but if you were a lonely old woman who lived by herself, who gathered herbs in the forest and had a black cat, and then your neighbor's goat died, you were in trouble. Sounds like a witch to me. And I don't know. It's kind of like one of those things Why did people who were super religious want to believe that the devil had so much power? Good question. Did the Bible tell them that? I'm not sure the Bible actually even mentions witches, but I'm not a biblical scholar. Yeah, why are we hopping up into the Bible again? We got (laughs) to leave that thing alone. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's very... Strange. And if you ever read anything about the Salem witch trials, mass hysteria, that's what they say. Yeah. Potentially influenced by some mold that grew on (laughs) stored food at that time of the year. Isn't that where LSD comes from? Oh, I hope so. Yeah. The first time they discovered LSD was like in some village in France and I don't know, 1700 and the whole village went insane. Well, they were dancing naked in the streets. They were just. Oh, it's yeah. They, yeah, yeah. Okay. So then yes, because that's the other example of where this mold caused this mass hysteria. It's the Salem witch trials and this French village and these motherfuckers danced Some of them died. (laughs) They didn't stop dancing until they died of dancing. That sounds like as good a way to go out as any other. I agree. I agree. (laughs) I'm signing up. But also, I think the Salem witch trials started out with these lion-ass little girls. Yeah, these adolescent Mm -hmm. girls who just were calling people out. The Salem mean girls. They had a burn book. Exactly. A burn at the stake book. Right. And they were calling out these old women who they just thought were ugly old crones. And I think they, it got totally out of control, certainly beyond anything they thought would happen. Mm -hmm. And so it just went nuts. But that's a discussion for next week. (laughs) That was good. Very spooky. (laughs) And in the meantime, I'm going to research more about the crazy people in France. And oh, yeah. you That's your trials. homework. You never do your homework. So we all know you're not going to come back never. and tell us all about this. But we can never. dream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pinning it to the wall right here. Uh-huh. See? Piece of paper. Uh-huh. Salem Witch Trials LSD. We'll I'm, see I'm about it. that. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, for everybody else, you guys can always check out more about the show on our social media. 
We Are Murderer You Know podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to chat, you want to tell us about a story, you want to tell us about some LSD experiences of yours, <laughs> that sounds great. You can email us or slide into our DMs. Our email is know at gmail.com. And a final bit of advice, don't eat moldy bread. Unfortunately, I think what might have happened here is you just told everyone that moldy bread is LSD. And so now they're going to eat it on purpose. And that's on you. Okay. Well, they also, I think, what's his face? Uh, Pasteur. Isn't that where penicillin came from too? Moldy bread. Moldy bread is the thing. (laughs) It cures everything. This all sounds like part of your homework. It cures and destroys everything. (laughs) Is it the work of God or the devil? Or aliens. Oops. Let me look up. I also want to look up witches in the Bible. Oh, were there witches? I will say that in the Bible, I do know this much, that when people had issues like mental illness, they did think they were possessed by demons. Mm. They didn't really have a concept of mental illness. So if you were crazy or lame or blind, you obviously had done something wrong and were being punished for it. Naturally. Or in the case of possessed by demons. How far we've come. Yeah, you think? (laughs) In some ways, I guess. But we can't make water out of wine anymore. Hey, speaking of, well, it's like that's not magic. I I think it's wine wine out of water. I'm sorry, what did I say? (laughs) If you're in the middle of the desert, I'm sorry, then you might be happy to be able to make some water. Excuse me. Okay. I think if I was dying in the desert, I might rather drink some wine (laughs) or make the end more pleasant. Perhaps, perhaps. Well, until next time. Until next time. Bye. Zoom asked if we were playing music, so I'm taking that as a win. We must have sounded really nice. (laughs) TTFN. Bye.